Hi, and welcome to Super Indie Eating Podcast with your host, myself, Steve Halpern, and I'll try and make this podcast upbeat. I mean, there's only so much bad news we can uh, take at one time before it becomes overwhelming. I think the good news is that it seems that the places are doing social isolation, isolating and washing hands and doing those things is really helping. But here's the good news. What can you do to strengthen your immune response, balance your immune response? So you're one of those people who just, eh, I was feeling a little tired or, you know, a little achy. But I didn't really notice anything besides that, as opposed to the person who gets really, really sick. And before I get into that subject, you know, the whole idea of news that doesn't mean anything, I call it useless, totally useless news. And I guess because we're all so hungry for information and we're on our phones or on the, you know, um, we're on the web, we pick up these, you know, what I call these uh, news sound bites that really don't mean particularly too much. Like a study today that said, and it wasn't really that well replicated, that if you have a certain blood type, type O, you're less likely to get it and less likely to get bad symptoms. Where if you had other blood types, they might exasperate the problem. Wonderful. (laughs) What does that do for you? Oh my gosh, I think I'll change my blood type. It does nothing. So these little, and then I saw another one on, uh, it could be on your shoes. Oh, great. So be very, very careful when you take off your shoes that you don't touch the bottom of your shoes. I mean... It's gotten to a point of ridiculousness. On the good news, and maybe this will change hospital care, is um, copper. And that's very fascinating. The metal copper has a long health history, going back thousands of years. And what's interesting about copper is... It's antibacterial and antiviral, but it's also expensive. And hospitals have adapted copper doorknobs. Now, remember, it can't be just um, coated copper. It has to be the copper that's going to change colors, you know, that's uh, that'll look like brass. And they had reduction, actually, they had a reduction in infections in the hospitals. But it's expensive. So, you know, will that be instituted as opposed to uh, improve sanitation? We don't know. But how might this apply to us? Now, let me get into some interesting things. They found, this was the Copper Institute, they have a nice site. Then it was found when they had different plagues and they looked back that people were working in smelters with metals especially copper. And musicians, especially brass instruments. Well, if you look at 
the composition of brass instruments. It's 70 or 60 or 75 percent copper. So that might be kind of interesting. So I, I pursued some additional research, and it was a nice study on um, looking at resveratrol, and you know, which is the compound found in red wine and grapes and supplements. Nice studies on anti-aging. That was David Sinclair's big thing. Um, and also some good studies on brain circulation and heart health. But what's interesting about this one, they combined it with copper. It had very potent antiviral properties. So in addition to all those other health properties, it had antiviral properties. Hmm. Now, a little concern for me as a nutritionist is the big rush for zinc supplements now. Not terrific research on zinc being antiviral, especially if you're not zinc deficient. And I think the majority of the population is probably not zinc deficient, where they're going to get su- such substantial benefit from taking you know, zinc supplements. And you have to be a little bit careful when you raise the level of zinc. It can have uh, not such good effects. But now I was wondering if zinc will compete with copper. Well, zinc does compete with copper. You might wind up low copper levels. So maybe taking a supplement with a minimum amount of copper might be a good idea. Or making sure you don't take more than... I personally would never take more than 30 milligrams of zinc. You only absorb a certain amount. And uh, that's, you know, probably out of 30 milligrams, you'll absorb a couple milligrams. shouldn't be a problem. But the copper thing is kind of interesting. Now, I don't know where it's going to go, and I'm going to do more research and talk about it more in future podcasts. But I see on the web they're selling copper rods, and uh, I guess you. Uh, <laughs> I had <laughs> I had one client who actually put a little rod up their nose, and they claimed they got you know better. Okay, sinus and whatever infection they had cleared up. Mm, well, I guess we'll all go around with little copper rods up our nose. Well, not ready for that one yet. But, you know, while I was doing this research, what was kind of uh, fascinating to me was uh, I poo-pooed at the beginning the idea of wearing copper bracelets. And then I saw a nice study that, yes, you can absorb the copper ions and get anti-inflammatory effects. Mm. So what do we do? We, uh, uh, we wrap ourselves in copper foil. Um, I haven't seen copper foil on the web lately. But, you know, you can find anything on Amazon or uh, or uh, some of these websites now. So anyway, copper. Kind of interesting. If you have some uh, copper, I guess copper pop, pipes, that might be, you know, pots, <laughs> that might be a good idea. And uh, if you play a musical instrument, a brass instrument, that might be a good idea. But let me get into some more interesting science topics about, again, uh, for people who listen to them and to 
lots and lots of my previous podcasts uh, are probably familiar with this, but I want to go over this again. Two interesting questions occurred to me. We see all these clinical trials now. And unfortunately, because of these clinical trials, other clinical trials that might benefit other medical conditions have been put on hold. And now the Chinese have put a hold on scientific information coming out. But let's get to my point here. I don't see any large-scale or small-scale nutraceutical clinical trials measuring different immune responses. Why? There's no payout, unfortunately. And because, for whatever reason, you know, the continual war between (laughs) pharmaceutical drugs and nutraceuticals has gone on. And I guess on both sides, people into, like myself, into holistic health. I try not to you know, uh, be anti-appropriate medicine. I think appropriate medicine is so important and life-saving. And on the other hand, you'll have people say, well, there's no scientific studies. And, well, who's paying for the scientific studies on different herbs and different nutrients? So that's one point. You're not going to... So we're left with doing our own clinical trials, okay, and maybe that's really important of people sharing non-toxic additions to the health program. And this is a wonderful opportunity to really focus on wellness. We're home, we're on the web, we're reading, we have time to do this. And so what I suggest is a health survey, personal health survey. What is your weakest health point is it your GI system and your microbiome is it uh, blood sugar and sugar control is it overweight and you don't exercise is it sleep issues what a wonderful time to focus on wellness. That's what I'm doing. I'm probably, and I shared this in previous podcasts, despite what they say about O and A and blood, well, I'm type A and uh, I got the coronavirus. How do I know I got the coronavirus besides, you know, going for tests? Well, my daughter got sick. And her boyfriend tested positive, and I went out and took care of my daughter. And I guess I might have been sick before or after, but if I wasn't, if it wasn't Corona that was making me sick, I certainly was exposed. And I basically had about two and a half days of fatigue. I just wanted to go to sleep, which is not me, and uh, muscle aches. But no headache, and maybe, well, my daughter says, I, I don't recall <coughs> a minor cough, and chills for one day. But otherwise, I was fine. Now, 
I did a lot of nutraceuticals. I was doing things before, but I did a lot of nutraceuticals. And the list of nutraceuticals I did was um, glutathione, aronia berry, some echinacea, some deodorized garlic, because I don't really like the smell, but something like kaolic, garlic, berberine, a very, very important lung and immune nutrient derived from golden seal. I did various mushrooms, you know, shiitake, mataki, ganoderma. I did some adaptogenic herbs such as ashwagandha, very nice adaptive herb. I made sure my magnesium levels were good by taking a thousand milligrams of magnesium and mixed magnesium. I took ascorbic acid, vitamin C. Not that much because you can only absorb a thousand milligrams to get tissue saturation. So taking more is not going to really particularly make a difference. And I added something that I hadn't added before, which is liposomal vitamin C, which you can find on eBay or Amazon because liposomal, and I switched with it because that was important. I wanted it in my buccal cavity. Um, just like I do with glutathione, the glutathione powder I use, I get from talking herbals. I put a little bit in water, switch with it, so I'm getting passive absorption into the uh, buccal cavity, which has antiviral qualities. And I did broccoli seed. I did Vitalica Physician broccoli seed, the broccoli seed that's been tested over years and years um, for sulforaphane, the active antiviral ingredient, anti-inflammatory ingredient. It was tested at John Hopkins for many years for cancer, different kinds of cancer, clinical trials on prostate cancer, breast cancer, great supplement. So I did a couple of Vitalica Physician, which I got from vitalicasupplements.com. And uh, watched my diet really carefully. And took an aspirin at the very beginning. Now, why did I take an aspirin? took an aspirin because there are some antiviral studies on aspirin. Why didn't I neglect to take Tylenol? Because I don't want to deplete glutathione in my body or my liver with acetaminophen. Ginger. I took some raw ginger and I took some ginger capsules and I also took something that I learned about recently which has really nice research around it uh, and it's called black ginger and it's a major, major herb in uh, Thailand for all sorts of conditions. So that's... I'm trying to recall all of them because I usually take so many, but that was my core. And I got better really quickly. The only thing I noticed was since I work out a lot, I work out sometimes two, three hours a day, um, walking and aerobics and uh, some martial art practice. Not bad at 73. Was a little bit of um, endurance. My, my total 100% took about 15 days to totally clear up. But 
I'm totally, totally, totally back. You know, other things they tell you, certainly if you have sleep issues, I'd add some melatonin. I think it's a great idea. How do you know you take too much melatonin? You wake up groggy. So you can start at one or two milligrams of melatonin. Melatonin has a lot of other interesting actions. Now, you know, when I went through this list, there were two principles in this list. One was, yes, a healthy immune response. I want my T cells, my B cells, all those things prime. That's where things like the glutathione, oh, I've forgotten fish oils for anti-inflammatory. But anyway, I got into that, and then the anti-inflammatories, because you don't want that high inflammation. That's what often uncontrolled inflammation puts you on that downhill road. And I think what's happening is when we see... And remember, a lot of these nutrients turn on our nutrigenomics, our epigene system, which is the expression of genes and taking specific nutrigenomic nutrients, broccoli seed and green tea and, and uh, glutathione can help turn on your protective gene systems. And I think it's, it's going to be fascinating because... A lot of research around the world is starting to look at gene, human gene studies and see what the susceptibility is. And that's all, again, I call that like useless information because what are you going to do about it? Unless we start to listen to the nutrigenomic scientists and the oxidative stress scientists that tell us that's the main component of our immune system, and uncontrolled oxidative stress leads to inflammation. And unfortunately, oxygen is life-saving, but it also can generate oxidative stress, especially at higher amounts. So it's a dual-edged sword. But if you have sufficient antioxidant production in your system and you're taking in lots of good antioxidants and you're taking in you know, the berries, lots and lots of good berries and some of the nutrients that I mentioned in this podcast and certainly you can replay the podcast and go through those if you'd like additional information on any of those nutrients. Now remember, I'm not promoting as the FDA or the FTC a treatment or cure for any disease. I'm just presenting information. I'm saying my own personal experience and what I've seen with clients who've made really good recoveries. And some of them have been so-called risk patients that, you know, the so-called older patients. And they pull through fine. So this is Steve Halpern again. And please share this podcast, subscribe, share. Feel free to email me, put comments on the on the podcast uh, commentary. You can email me with questions at Vitalica, V-I-T-A-L-I-C-A, Vitalica Supplements at gmail.com or Stephen Nutrition at gmail.com. The two sources that I mentioned here for the broccoli seed is vitalicasupplements.com and also 
Talking Herbals website. It's an older website. It's very secure and safe. We haven't really, we need to do some work on it, but we've had people ordering on that website for years and years. And so that's a, it, it's, it's a good source. So please support this podcast. And again, share it on your Facebook. Thank you again for listening.